Hello, 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 and welcome into my Humble Opinion Podcast. This is your girl, Chef Sharon, and I am excited for a new week. Um, I think we got a good show for you. I just want to dive right into what they not talking about. And today, I want to point out this um, article I ran across. I think it's pretty darn amazing. Um, it's about a young lady, Essence. Um, let me get to her. Um, okay, so uh, uh, this young lady, she she's the first black teen author ever to write three books that are being used by the school districts across the country. So, listen, I thought that was dope. Caught my eye. I'm like, wait a minute. They use the school. To, you know, I've, I've heard of a teenage uh, of Arthur's and stuff. That's pretty common now, you know. Uh, but I, I wanted to get you like what are, the school districts are using her books. So let's let's get into reading a little more about what this article is talking about. OK, so it says 15 year old Essence Moore is the only African-American teen writer to compose three books for several school districts curriculum. Uh, Hillside, New Jersey School District, Brooklyn, New York Charter School, and Orange, New Jersey School District um, are using her books. Her novels were part of a series she created um, called The Chronicles of the Middle School. Of The Chronicles of the Middle School. When the first book of Essence Sixth Grade Middle School Chronicles was the name of it uh, was published in 2015, it became a winner of Amazon Top Global. Her second book, Chronicles of the seventh grade middle school was published in 2016 and her third book chronicles of of the eighth grade middle school was released in april 2017 the third book concluded the series and amazon.com will buy each of those novels although several school districts were already um, using them as as hopes to have her middle school chronicles books series as mandatory reading um, and part of their education in more schools around the world. The books can be used to educate middle school students to aid, improve, I'm, I'm sorry, to aid, improve self-esteem, um, to navigate other problems with teachers, friends, to encourage young people to pursue their goals today, and so much more. The youthful protege and trendsetter in addition to writing novels, is a fantastic presenter who enjoys encouraging and inspiring people at college conventions, seminars. She travels throughout the nation, encouraging and empower kids, tweens, teenagers, um, adults alike. Uh, she is a role model. And um, she even had a statement. She, um, she said modesty is uh it, it is modesty to be called a role model. I thought that was pretty dope. So it seems like she's, she's a humble young lady. Um, she's Her goal is just to uh, visit schools across the country, explore entrepreneurship development programs, and other resources centered on teens, tweens, and teenagers. Um, I, I feel like that was the same. Yeah, I'm reading this article, and I feel like I don't think I would have worded it like this. So... <laughs> To get teen, tweens, and teenagers. Aren't teens and teenagers the same thing? Okay, I digress. Let me stop talking about this person's writing. Essence is a 15-year-old female entrepreneur, um, a teenage stylist, fashion designer, model, motivational speaker, sponsor, line manager, okay? And writer, and writer from Hillside, New Jersey. So, basically, this kid is pretty dope. She won... Um, proclam- she she won proclamation from New York State, uh, Pace, I don't know if that's Passaic County, and Hillside Borough for numerous fashion shows, pageants, and karate competitions She's she has also participated in. So where does this child end? Like, I feel like such a slacker. A 15-year-old girl has, wrote, has written three books. <laughs> she's into fashion. She's managing a spa. She's... You know, she has all she's traveling the globe and I'm I'm wondering what am I doing with my life, you know. I'm I'm wasting my life away. I need to go hang out with this kid. She can teach me a thing or two. But um I thought this was the the dopest article just to see what our young people are doing, you know. Um these are the things we don't talk about, you know, some of the things that go viral, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's all entertaining when we get some of this negative news and uh, we get to create the funny memes from things that are going on. But 
this stuff right here really warms my heart. It hits the spot. It goes to show that we're not lost out here in the black community. Our kids are not lost. You know, there's so many kids doing so many great things. And I think like most of my, uh, what they're not talking about articles centers around children that are doing great, enormous things. And the only reason why they're able to do these things is because clearly they have some awesome adults in their life. So, you know, I want, I just want to put that out there that what they're not talking about is some great stuff, you know? So I do have another, uh, thing I wanted to mention, and it's kind of going to go hand in hand on my topic for today. My topic for today is talking about dads, you know, so we'll get into that a little later. Um, but this, uh, New York has, the state of New York has, uh, declared that now they, they, um, basically changing tables have to, uh, go into the restrooms for the dads. And I, I'm like, really, they didn't have changing tables. I mean, I didn't realize that they didn't have changing tables, but that goes to show um, how society has thought about parenting and how men are really rising up to be more hands-on, like more men are taking maternity leave, more men are actually doing the stay-at-home while their wife is doing the career, you know, in the early stages of their kids' lives, you know, somebody has to stay home with them to their school age, you know, Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes they just put kids in daycare, but I think homeschooling is a great thing, you know, or whatever parent nurturing in those earlier years is great. And who says it has to be the mom all the time. So back to um, the, the article at hand. Um, yeah, New York has declared that all new buildings being created and any buildings that are being remodeled have to have changing tables in the men's bathroom for the the, the uh, male parents. And, I, you know, I started thinking, like, how were they changing their kids' diapers before, you know? Because, like, men are not always out with their children with the mom, you know? Especially if the mom and dad aren't together anymore, you know, and it's his weekend and he takes the kids to the mall or he takes the kids, uh, you know, some type of outing and he has a little baby. How was he changing that baby's diaper, you know, women have the luxury of going to the bathroom. There's a baby change the table there. She changed the baby and goes about her business. And then I was reading an article saying how men have to choose, like, to put their baby on the floor. How nasty and dirty is that? Or on the sink in it. If you've ever been in any public bathroom, you know the sink is soaking wet, full of water, right? So they have to try to dry the sink up and, you know, get the baby on the sink. And, you know, it's just, it's a difficult thing, you know, for a father to have to figure out how to properly change his baby clean his baby up really good in a safe and sanitary place so i think it's pretty dope that they're acknowledging fathers as real parents <laughs> and um, putting changing tables in those male bathrooms in restrooms they should have been there in the first place so okay well that's it for what they not talking about i just want to throw that article in there because of course we're going to talk about dads we're going to talk about single fathers and we're really going to get into some talk about um, you women and how y'all treating these single dads out here. So I'm not even going to get into it until I get into it. So just hang on with me. I'm going to take a brief break. I will be right back and we're going to get into uh, let's talk about it. All right. All right. OK, so we back. And again, I got uh, our favorite person. <laughs> Yep. Big Drew in the house with me. I'm your only person at this point. You know, <laughs> listen, Mr. Howard is um he's out. He's taking a little vacay for a minute. You know, when life hits, we just have to pray for our friends and um, you know, so y'all keep uh Mr. Howard in your prayers. And uh we're gonna keep it moving here. Um, I got my faithful and loyal Big Drew on the mic with me today. And um, you know, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, a few episodes ago, we um did, uh, me and Mr. Howard did our first date, you know, um, a podcast. And, you know, I, I kind of want to talk about, uh, our, yeah, not necessarily, we want to talk about dating. I want to, I want to hit on dating a little bit, you know, because that first date, you know, uh, episode, I was, you know, the dating situation always triggers, you know, good conversation. Yeah. But I want to uh, target one particular thing and dating, you know, and that's, um, dating men with children. 
which was was which was a huge part of my life at one point because I am somewhat a serial monogamous, but in between, you know, like finding someone to date me with four kids was difficult. And uh, I know that's not the the, the depth of what we're going to talk about today, but I just wanted to throw that out there that people would be like, I like you. And then, you know, like everything would be going good. And they'd be like, you got four, four kids, like four, like almost a whole. Run it on the kids if you want to. Like, I think they use the kids as an out, you know. <laughs> See, now I can, hang, I can hang up now. And, uh, <laughs> but you won't. <laughs> so, yeah, but and, and that's the thing coming from the woman's end of it, you know, um, and, and I will say this. Um, at my age now, I don't know how relevant that conversation is, but since men can still have children well into their late years, I do come across men who have little ones at home still, you know, um, our little ones that they're raising are co-parenting because if they're dating me, they're obviously not married and not in a relationship with someone else. So, let, <laughs> so let me co-parenting. Let me just say the concept of having little ones in your house at, you know, in my late forties sounds miserable. Like I just, I want to throw that out there. Um, it has nothing to do with anything, but you made me, you kind of gave me a flash of like some guy, you know, who's like, you know, in his late forties and he's got a bunch of kids, like he's got babies, like a six year old. Could you picture having a six year old at 46? Mm, uh-uh. <laughs> not the kid, not me, but go ahead. I digress. No, you go back. No, no, no. And, <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, me being a woman that I don't have children. And when I talk to people, you know, that's first thing that comes out of their mouth. It's not too late. You could still have kids. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, cuss words come to mind. I think I picture myself punching them, you know, just all kind of foolery. <laughs> but um, no, I'm not interested in having children. I will say this, though. I am uh, I am actually open to being a stepmom, even at this late of a age, you know, as long as they have an, well, I'm going to say as long as, you know, whether they have an active mom or not, I wouldn't mind it. Um, but what I want to talk about, um, is is for me it's important very important uh if you're going to get my attention and keep it to know that you're a good father i feel that how could you possibly love me on the level that i deserve to be loved when you can't even love the seed of your loins properly <laughs> so it is, <laughs> it is very important um, your relationship with your children. Your loin seed, uh, as you put it. Yes, the seed of your loin, <laughs> you know, your offspring. Um, <laughs> loin seed. That's just. Yes. Loin I keep seed. it in my loin cloth. <laughs> I'm going to get t shirts for all you kids. <laughs> I am Andrew's loin seed. <laughs> mm, <mm-mm. laughs> okay. Oh, man. <laughs> No, but seriously, that is a a huge factor for me. Um, it says a lot about a man. It says a lot about his how he takes his responsibilities because he's going to take me on as a responsibility, and just like I'm going to take him on as one of my responsibilities or something that I should prioritize. You know, our relationship. So if you don't prioritize the relationship with your children, then I'm looking at you kind of side eye. You know, how do you handle business? How do you you know, so it says a lot when a man is not a part of his children's lives. Now, with that being said, I do understand that there are situations, and this is one of the things I kind of want to hit on. There are situations where men are not allowed to be in their children's lives, even when they want to be. <sighs> so, Andrew. Yes. What What can you say about this? Uh, personally, nothing. But in my humble opinion, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think um, there's various reasons. I was a single parent for a very brief time. And and I've always been very careful in how I say it, because when people think single parent, they think of the struggle. I didn't have the struggle. But um, as a parent who primarily, you know, for seasons of my life had was the only parent 
in the household with my children. That's the nicest way I can put it. Uh, I think it, it's difficult for me to imagine the concept that a, of keeping my children away from their mother. It's unimaginable the idea of me being kept away from my children. But I do understand there are circumstances such as, um, you know, he committed a triple homicide. He's a child molester. Um, the, he, he, you know, held the baby. He would put a blanket over the baby's head and hold it over a banister. Um, like there's a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons that I would say, okay, you don't do this with a baby, uh, not with a baby, but you, you keep your baby away from, um, you know, from their father. But for the most part, I just don't feel as though it's ever okay. But there are extreme cases now in my mm-hmm. personal like interactions as a man being in locker rooms, being in, you know, at work and being around a lot of men who had been kept away from their uh, children for years on end, I always questioned, I couldn't help it, man. I always questioned their character and their integrity and wondered why they didn't fight. Now I, you know, and in some cases they did the woman wrong. And as a result, she couldn't trust that they would love because she couldn't trust that the man loved her the right way. And because he didn't keep his promises to her, they then in turn assumed that he could not keep his promises to the child and that he would hurt the child. Um, and so that's what, that's the common theme that I see in my life and has been prevalent almost every generation, including mine, where if you hurt the woman, she's, there's an automatic assumption that you would hurt the child too. And then, so therefore in her distance and herself, she distances you as a false sense of healthy boundaries. Okay. Um, that's a nice, that's a, that's a good way of seeing it. And I can't rule that part out because there are some women who are looking out for their child. I believe that they're looking out for their child when they keep, uh, the child away from the baby. I mean, the, the away from their dad. Now, what triggered my thoughts on this? I was uh, going through Instagram and T.I. had posted uh, um, a video. Um, uh, what is it? Trey the Truth. I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, he got the smoothest voice. Don't I just be listening to yeah. Hustle Gang just to hear his voice. I just need to put that out there. But anyway. <laughs> So he was rapping about his, you know, he has baby girl in his hands rapping, you know, he's talking about, you know, his love for her and how he would never leave her and this and that. And in the video, as the song is playing out and everything, and it's pretty much about why they keep it. Why would someone keep you from me? You know, and it's showing different fathers, uh, like one father was coming to bring some money. You, you could see the pride, you know, you could see the happiness. Like, I'm going to see my baby. I'm going to bring some money, you know. And when she opens the envelope, she counts it and gives it back to him. Like, you know, like this ain't enough. You know, he's like, I'm trying, you know. And, um, you know, he walks away hurt because what he was doing was not enough. And she's not going to let him see his child. And, you know, it went on from their different scenarios, you know, where the mom was just real dismissive, you know, like, give me my baby. Let me go, you know. Um one mom, the baby's trying to look at him through the window and, you know, she's not opening the door. She shoot him away, you know, just hurtful things like that. And yeah, I don't feel like that's protecting no, it's your not. child from this. This dad obviously is a good dad who loves his child and just wants to be around and do what he can do just to be present in his child's life. Yeah. And the woman is it, for whatever reason where she's bitter angry he has another girlfriend he didn't want her whatever the case be she's using the child as a weapon yeah and you know i think what causes a person to use those false senses of of boundaries um to say okay i'm protecting the child it 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 is just a lack of knowing potentially also like it's very hard for you to do that when you have a dad like if you have a father, good or bad, um, typically you just it's unimaginable to I've seen in a lot of cases women give men chance after chance after chance because they either know that, you know, like they had a good dad and they know that their child could benefit from having a father. So I think one of the things that also adds to 
that adds to this narrative, like being pushed, especially in the black community, is that people believe that this is that the black man isn't a good father or the black man isn't a present father. And I think that this is a problem that, to be honest with you, is probably more prevalent in majority culture than in our culture. Like black men love being parents. Like we love being fathers. Like I can say that and know that it's not an isolated community, that there are large groups of black men supporting one another. Um, When black men die, uh, there's usually, you know, like family, you like if you, you know, one of my guilty pleasures is watching paternity court and uh, Regina and I watch that all night long. Um, and you often see people who are fighting to keep their children or to have children, you know, to just know is this child mine. So like black men love raising their children. We love speaking into the future, like into, into we love having a piece of us. Like, you know, like we, even if we're messed up, we love having that piece of us in the world. So I think, people hear all these other stories and all these other things that the media, the negative stereotypes that the media uh, perpetuates. And they think, and you know, there's this assumption that we don't want to be there and it can make a young lady. If she's listening to that music, seeing these things on TV, it can make her think that, yeah, you know, black man, you know, like this man ain't gonna ain't nothing, blah, blah, blah. And the truth of the matter is man, like when a black man gets a hold of a child, and I can only speak from a black man standpoint. Once you get a hold of your child and you see that that's your child, you step up. And I I know it, I'm, it's still like the number ain't 100 percent, but I, I do feel like the percentage is rising and more and more of us are stepping in, especially those of us who didn't have. And I say us just in men in general, because I did have a father, but especially those who didn't have a father. So I see positive things changing, uh, at least in the black community with that. So I have a question for you regarding that. For your generation growing up, how many black fathers did you see? Uh, none, hardly ever. Um, it was funny because we had a dad. Yeah. And um, because we had a dad um, and we had, you know, working dad and we had a few things at our home. I remember some kids coming to our house before when we were younger, like um, we were on 44th Street and um they thought we were rich because we had the big screen TV. We had, you know, um, they thought we were rich kids and we had, you know, two parent home. So it was a lot different than a lot of my friends because a lot of my friends, there was probably a man present that was just a boyfriend of their mothers. Um, I didn't see a lot of um, husband and wife situations, you know, um, growing up in, in our neighborhood and we were kind of rare, you know what I'm saying? I mean, literally, we were. It wasn't a lot of dads around. So like what? That. So with that being like, so how do you think that paint? Like, do you think that 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 carryover? That's still a carryover as to why, like, this stereotype is kind of consistently being pushed in the black community? Do you think? So like, you know, the fatherless home stereotype. Yeah, I think it needs to die. Come on, get out of here. But and I think, like you said, it's a catalyst. It's it's um, it's something that allows the wrong mindset for these these young ladies who are keeping the kids from their fathers. They automatically go in <laughs> with the um idea that he's a deadbeat just because he's a black dad, you know, or he or we can, or even if she knows he's not a deadbeat, she can get away with the illusion that he is because that's the narrative that has been you know, played out for so long in, in our television programming and, and you know what I'm saying? But to be honest with you, the excuse for my generation is different than now. We went from a lot of, um, you know, just the, the, uh, civil rights struggle, uh, the Vietnam war, the, the things that, that those men came back jacked up. Crack you know, epidemic. then you had yeah. the infiltration of drugs. You went from heroin on the streets to crack cocaine on the streets. You, you know, there was such a huge removal of the black man from the home, you know, and it, it just was a different time. And those factors don't necessarily exist anymore. Right. You know, the, and, and the thing is, is that you now have a generation of people who were raised without fathers who was determined that their children wasn't going to be raised without a father. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So 
you know, you have my generation who's now in our 40s, and we were determined that our kids wasn't going to be raised fatherless. So now these kids are in their 20s, and they know how to be fathers because they were fathered. So it's just a different narrative. And and the thing is, like, I watch now young women, you know, being all in love with this young man. And when they break up because she's crazy or whatever the case be, she, the first thing she does is I'm putting y'all child support and I'm not going to let you see your child. You know what I'm saying? That has nothing to do with fatherlessness. This is just, these women is acting up and that's really what I want to address uh, those things. Like why y'all acting up women? Why y'all doing <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I think, you know, and, and that's crazy because I feel like you can speak to it, but as a man, like, I feel like I can't like almost touch it, but I can say that you're right. Like somebody, I feel like you as a big sister, as an auntie, as as someone who's looking out for and cares about the community, you're not just throwing shade. I think that's what you're doing is what's needed. I think a lot of people need to speak into the negativity. Like I just souped up a lot of black young men and said, where they're out there doing it, black men, you know, like I might as well just said black men don't cheat. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm really pushing this. Yeah, that's already a campaign. That's yeah, yeah a it is. It is. <laughs> and so, because it's true, you got to start pushing these true narratives out there. Um, but, <laughs> but I feel like it takes a woman to speak into some of the, the young women. So that's the hope. And even a podcast like this one today is that like a young lady's listening and she doesn't think about the concept that is like, you know, like she I can't weaponize my child. And when you put it in those terms like you did earlier, like you're weaponizing your child, you're using your child to hurt another person so that they can experience the hurt that you experienced. I want to go back to the dating point on this real quick, though. But any young lady who may be doing that. Here's something that I don't think people understand. Do you think do you think in all cases that that man may not be just as hurt? Like, you know, when a breakup happens, yeah, he may have cheated, but he lost and he lost you. He's there's still a, a hurt on his part, especially when you fathered like when you you've sat down and you've had a child with someone when you've done that and you and that relationship's lost. You're you're suffering just as much. I've talked to just as many young men in my time in pastoring who was devastated because they messed up and they lost their relationship. They're in just, they're in pain too. And then I revisit them and see them six months down the line. And they're like, yeah, now my hurt, the cycle of hurt is continuing because now my child is being used against me and I'm on child support and I can hardly survive and I can't see the child. So now they didn't lost the relationship. They didn't lost freedom of, uh, of money. You know, like they don't have buying power. They, they've been stripped of so much more. And the truth of the matter is their hurt is on the same exact level as hers in a lot of cases. Well, well the thing is, is there's so many different scenarios and reasons why people break up. And depending on how old they were when it happened, that really depends on the maturity level sometimes. And then sometimes they can be old and still immature. But it's a lot of factors that go into it, whether he cheated or whether he just got sick of you because you was crazy or whether he just realized, you know what, you're not the one. Um, yeah, I, I, I intermixed with you. I became intimate with you. We created a family. But the realization is I'm not good for you. You're not good for me. Whatever the reasons is for a breakup or for separation, whether it was a mess up or just, hey, I see things clearly. At the end of the day, it's never OK, ladies, to take that child and use that child to hurt that person. You And the reason why stop worrying about how it's going to affect him and start loving your child enough to realize how it is going to affect them. Yeah. How losing. uh One of the factors that I've seen in real life, and I'm thinking about the person, I'll say their name, but I've seen a person attach themselves to an entrepreneur and a mover and a shaker and an innovator. And when he moved on and was doing bigger things, the child was kept from him because this person didn't have anyone else. And that child became the emotional outlet. So instead of her getting another man uh, or her moving on with her life and investing into something healthy, she invested all emotional 
and and spiritual energy into this child and some energies that that child has no right to. So it's like not to say something unhealthy went on, but it but it's sort of like the you know like the baby boy kind of thing where it's like these mm-hmm. unhealthy relate dynamics where mm-hmm. sometimes women get and men do this too. Sometimes parents get into this space where all of a sudden they're codependent emotionally on their children and they don't know how to let go and allow that child um, to be free. You know, dad's in Atlanta, mom's in the Midwest. And it's like, but I'm going to, you know, I I can't, I can't picture my child going to Atlanta every summer or going to Atlanta on, on holidays because that's three to four weeks or months or that's possibly this child could get older and just want to live there and experience all that the that the other that the dad is doing, including other women. Yeah, and, and you see that a lot. Like that's a real big excuse amongst young women. I don't want that girl around my kid. You don't know nothing about her. And see, this is my thing. If he picks you and you think you're a good woman and you think you're a good pick. Then what makes you think the next woman he picks won't be just as good or even better? You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> they know what they're working with. They know that's the. I so mean, but so that, if yeah. you're questioning his judgment, maybe you need to look at yourself because you were his pick at one point. Yeah, and, and I think that that's it, though. I think that's part of it too. Is like self reflection. <laughs> they know they wretched. They exactly. They like. Mm-mm, I know his type. His type is me. And nope. Mm-mm. That is ugly. <laughs> and some people live with I mean, some people live in that truth. Like some people don't want to have kids themselves. And they thinking about how they always irritated and agitated with their child. And the first thing that pops to their mind is, no, I'm the only one that can be irritated, agitated, and abusive toward my child. I ain't gonna let nobody else be that. And because that, that now that may sound messy, but okay. that's truthful. Like that. But it, it, yeah. Well, this is the thing. I'm going to take it back to dating guys and, you know, picking, you know, talking to guys and hearing them. I love to hear someone who's involved in their child's life, who knows what's going on with their grades, who can say, you know, well, no, I can't see you this day or I'll call you this day because I have my son has a game or, you know, I love to hear that because that means involvement. Now, this is the hard part for me is when I know that there's a situation where, you know, baby mama is um, keep withholding the child, then I get a little, I don't know, for lack of a better word, judgmental, because I'm like, okay, where's your fight? I like to call it wise. You get a little wise. Like, <laughs> like that ain't. is the fruit of your loins. That is the yeah. seed of your loins. <laughs> That's your loin seed. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. what do you mean she won't let you? Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you got time to talk to me. You got time to work some overtime to come up with some money to get a lawyer to go ahead and, uh, you know what I'm saying? I just well, feel like you don't have time for me you, because the time you talking to me, you need to be working your second job. So you meet this lawyer, lawyer up so you can go ahead and fight for your children. I don't understand. I'm, I'm confused. I think that, I think that attitude that you have toward it is one that did, like you said, it's a resilient attitude that kind of speaks to the idea that show me your fight, because if you won't fight, for your own, you're definitely not going to fight for me. You will dismiss Just me. Just say it, Andrew. See the loin. Say it. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, yeah, but yeah, if you won't fight for the seat of your loin, then you won't fight for your loin chop. So there you go. I threw loin in there. Because I've always wondered why they call it pork loin. And since you're a chef, can I ask you that? I know that's totally separate from everything. But- yeah, actually, you know what? That's where the pork chop comes. You know, that center pork chop. Ch- it's the, it's the loin? The yeah, the loin, and then you, they just chop it down. And it has that mm-hmm. little bone attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's the round part. So mm-hmm. if they took that bone off mm-hmm. and just left the loin part, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. That's why I don't mess with swine. That right there. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think every, you can get a loin from a rabbit, from a chicken. You know what I'm saying? All, I think all meat has a little loin. Mm. The loin, loin steak, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well... <laughs> It's no, it's, it's no meat November in my house. So we ain't eating meat. Um, so, I think I'll do that. Yeah. I think I'll, well, you know, no, yeah. the rest of November. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, we were talking, 
But yeah. So, yeah, so that's my outlook on it. But at the same time, I'm also at a mature age where I'm definitely willing to um, set back. I understand, one, I don't want to meet your children when we first start dating. That's inappropriate. You know, we don't know how we're going to work. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I just don't want to meet your kids out front out the gate. But <clears throat> it just, I guess sometimes it feels, it, it depends on the energy, the vibe. If I happen to see them or meet them, I'm not going to count that against you or whatever. But I do look at that also, how protective of you are your kid, you know, of your children. Or are you just to make sure that they're, excuse me, not just meeting anybody. Um, but when, when it comes down to communication, like we're deep now, we're in this. Like, I love you. You love me. We're, we're talking about a future together. I definitely want to develop a relationship with your children's mother because she's their parent and I need to know what her boundaries are. I need to know, you know what I'm saying? Because if I'm going to be in your life, that means I'm going to be in your children's life and her position as their mother needs to be respected. You know now, what I'm saying? So I also look at those things. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you on, on creating a relationship with the mother. This is the thing as a single father, I always had only in my mind, never said it out loud because I knew I would get drugged. I always had pushback on the don't be introducing my children to different women. My thing is this. If I'm about to go out on a date and let's just say or I went out on a date with a woman and my children say hello to her, I'm good. Now, is my children, you know, are my children going to sit down and get their hair braided by this lady? Is, are they going to be left alone with this woman? You know, all those different things. Yet, no. But can they be introduced and see that their father is healthy, has a healthy dating habit, and not every single person is like. So, for example, I never wanted to show my children. I never wanted to show my sons and and my sons did get a chance briefly to see me date more than just one woman. Um, my thing is relationships don't work. They're going to get older and realize relationships don't work out. I never gave a woman an, an, an invitation to an intimate space with my children, but they could meet my children. Like I, my children aren't like quarantined and something bad's going to happen to them. Like it, it is. And I now, think I guess I'm looking at it from the fact that, be protective. Make sure I'm not crazy yet. Well, like I know I'm not crazy, and maybe he has that sense of vibe about him and discernment to say she's not crazy. She's I wouldn't. Okay. Be, well, that's a prerequisite for me to go out on a date with you. Like I don't want to be killed you know just as How much as I want. People going out on dates and they turn out to be like They're, you're not with you. Surprisingly, Look, this guy a surprising me for a whole three months before I dated him, and once I dated him, a whole nother person peeled out from them layers. Right. Like but, this, this but, man but, was amazing until he wasn't so let me yeah he was amazing until he wasn't right and and that's really yeah. cool if you would have let him say hello to me doesn't mean that i would have caught some of that flack you know for not me because i'm not your child but you get what i'm saying like i i guess what i'm saying is this whole idea like i'm down with the idea of like not inviting a stranger into intimate spaces with your children but mm -hmm. doing anything that's contrary to allowing your children to know that you're dating, know that <laughs> this is the person you're involved with. Because I think if you don't give good, exa healthy examples, we repeat some of these really odd narratives that I don't understand mm -hmm. why we're doing it. And I think most of them when I like. So for me, with with one of the best. So with both my current wife, because we were split up at one point. And uh, she dated and um, and with their and then with my the three older kids, you know, with their mother, my ex-wife. She dated, but she primarily just dated like the same guy. And so with me having knowledge of who he was, I wasn't like overly panicked, didn't really care that he was introduced to the kids that never was like, oh, don't be bringing him. I don't care. Like at the end of the day, you in charge when they with you, that's your business. I, I only say I, it from a day yeah, in front of you. If yeah. I first knew But that was you. a day. But and they were but so with me, I remember when I was just dating Regina and I ended up in a situation and we were just dating. Like we had only been going out for a couple of weeks. Just dating. Nothing serious yet. And I was in a situation where she had to end up seeing one of like meeting one of my kids. 
um, not one of them. She ended up having to meet all the kids. And that's and, fine. And that, that was that fine. Part like, fine. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, and, and, you know, and the thing is there was an established trust relationship between me and their mother. And I think that's the other part. So I guess, and, and it's not to distract the conversation too much, but th- that's why I feel like there's always got to be some pushback there because when you review your feelings, sometimes when people say things like, don't me bring you, you know, bringing my, my kids around, it's usually the number one reason that people get into it. And then all of a sudden you can't see your kid is because you brought a woman who was probably finer than her or, you know, just somebody <laughs> you moved on with and she was jealous. And it has really, in reality, it really has very little to do with the child's it's, safety. It, it has everything I'm, to do with jealousy. Jealousy. Yeah. I'm not a mom. So I don't have that problem. I am, however, just a single woman that's dating. And for me, it's uncomfortable, you know, to, that's a lot of pressure because kids like you, kids fall in love with you, kids get attached. And, you know, it, it just brings in a whole different dynamic when I'm just trying to get to know you. You have children. You've always had children. I have never had them. So Ain't maybe I- I'm just speaking from a single yeah point of view that does not understand those dynamics. You know what I'm saying? It's not that I don't want to eventually meet your children. Heck, if we actually working out, they're going to be my stepkids and I'm going to love them like crazy. But I, I personally am uncomfortable with yeah. the, um, with the thought of too early, you know, having a responsibility of, you know, making an impression on your children or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. need to feel you out. I need to know how no, many you I, interact. I get that. I, I definitely get that because I really do feel like, you know, you and how and, and it's sort of like the life Jenny song. She got kids and, it, you know, he wasn't a popular artist, but he had a song called She Got Kids. And it was the perfect description of, of what it's like to date. Uh, you know, like in your more mature years, because he's just like, I don't know if I have what it takes to give them what they need. Like they may have traumas, they may have all this. And then what if we enter into a relationship of having children too? And I'm going to, and he was like open. He's like, would I be wrong for wanting to treat my child better than I treat your, chi- your children? Like, I, you know, so it's kind of like that, that, ne- that is the negative side that I was saying earlier that what my dating experience was like, because mature women are a little bit more mature than men. And a lot of them weigh those type of things. And that's what you're exhibiting. You're telling and, and men don't, we have trouble understanding that we're like, yeah, we got kids, but yeah, that's them. Like this is us. And you are like, no, you're a whole package. Um, yeah, and, and you're a whole, and, and I, it, first of all, I want to be able to like conduct whatever we're going to conduct. Say we get out there and we aren't agreeing and we have our first disagreement and we're on a, like we're on our second date and our second date is to the carnival and we take the kids, mm. but you stay or do something to rub me the wrong way. And now your children are around that energy, you know, like, do I fake it and, and try to get through the day? Do we address it? Like kids shouldn't be involved in our growing process. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm gonna say this in certain ways. So let me get to know you enough to to feel yeah. that security enough Definitely. to not, you know, like so. In, when the kids are around, you can do something. But I know, okay, this is my boo. I love them. I'm gonna push that to the back. We'll talk about that later. Come on, kids, let's have fun. You know, whereas if it would just be an uncomfortable situation. It would be. But now, let me ask you this, because you're at this age where some of this conversation is just really for the audience, but for your, yeah. for <laughs> you, right? So for your age, where are you at with grandbabies? Like if he's a, a hands-on grandbaby kind of guy, like he's like, well, you oh know. Oh my God, I would love it. Because listen, I love kids. And even if he had children, yeah, they would be in the house and that would be a whole nother I could do it though, but with grandbabies, they go home. Oh my God. But what about I the mean, what about the daughter or the son who's like, hey daddy, don't be bringing no strange women around my kids? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I believe that, you know, at a certain point I would have to meet his adult children if we're really getting serious and involved like that. Which one should like, come first? You know, we, should you meet the we're adult gonna, children? We're gonna have a dinner. Should you, have a dinner? should you meet the adult children before you meet the grandbabies? 
No, not necessarily because they're not living with us or anything. I think we can meet the whole family together. I think I can throw a dinner um, at his house where they're comfortable, where they know it's, it's home for them. And I can cook and I can meet everybody and they can see me interact with their children. They can see if the kids are scared of me or if the kids like me and they can get their comfort zone or not, you know, for me, me. They, they can meet me and make a decision that I don't like her and that will be fair and it will be fine. Or they can say, oh, she's cool people. And I like the way, and, and little Zoe just loves her, you know? So, I mean, so yeah, I, I, I grandbabies would be great. Cause then I get to spoil them and do stuff that I couldn't do. Cause I never had kids. Now I, I, I like, I like the, that's a beautiful scenario. Like I wish that it would work out like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that sounds like the most mature scenario. Like, let's just have a family event. Now, I think the the ugly part is, and this is a question about dating and about kids. You ain't mama. Whether mama died from cancer, whether mama's moved on with another man, or whether mama's at home bitter, mm-hmm. you know, about how things broke up. How do you deal with you ain't mama? Grown 25-year-old woman. Coming, <laughs> coming at you, getting in the middle of your relationship with your man because you ain't mama. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Because um, I don't know. I've never had to deal with that. But um, I mean, geez, don't ask me that. Qu- I don't know. What? Because I think I would be hurt, of course. I mean, I don't know how I would. Because you know, I think with with anybody, you you, I'm dating him, but of course I want his family to like me. Of course I want yeah. us to become a family at some point. And even if that means me knowing and respecting and you know honoring their mother, you know what I'm saying, whether she's alive or not, you know what I'm saying, just recognizing that she was there and they built a family together. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's how you um, that's I, that's how you treated Angie. First off, <laughs> did you go get the hot dogs? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yes, she did. Um, and, and but she thought you one of the best, one of the best things you can carry through your life, and that's how to get sugar. Mm-hmm. So if y'all wondering why we stopped to have this personal break, our father, <laughs> our father dated. Uh, he dated. After our mother, after he, you know, divorced our mother or after him and our mother went through their separation. And one of the women, many eclectic group of women, just the best way I can put it. One of the women that he dated was, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't, yeah, she, she took me to, and this is one of the warnings about don't have my children. And this is where I, I take everything back. I just said, as it flows through my mind, this is why you don't let your children be around just anybody. And we were sitting at the house. She said, I want some Kool-Aid. Angie took me up to Pizza Hut. Then like White Castle, like we went to every single place and we just grabbed condiment packets. We grabbed all the free sugar packets, all like everything. And she made like lemonade with it. So (laughs) lemonade. That right there is a, you can take that with you for life. And, and right I take back my pushback. Uh, it's funny how you block certain traumas. <laughs> the, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, case in point, don't introduce yeah. you know, somebody to you. So, <laughs> now, so, yeah, so when it comes down to um, dating men with children, grandchildren, um, I try to, in my mind, take the more mature approach because I wasn't a child of divorced parents. Um, so, and I do have step, well, a step parent now, and I had step parent, a uh, uh, stepmother before. Um, so, I understand what it's like to, um, you know, gain a relationship with those people that are not your parents, but they are now with your parents. I understand how um, it's just kind of important. You know, so just from that angle, it's like I can't make his children like me, but I can stand in a position where I'm open, you know, to care about their feelings and their thoughts and yeah. everything like that. But, um, yeah, so we we got off from the, uh, the you know, I'm going to go back to my public service announcement. You women, 
stop keeping these good daddies from their children because those children need their fathers. Those children need their father's influence. If that man is not strung out so bad that you're scared that your child is going to be up in some dope house somewhere, if that man is not out murdering people like rapists, child molester, if he's just a good dad going to work, he may not make a lot. But you know what? I've never known a kid ever, not one time, say, I don't want to see daddy because he didn't pay enough child support. Like, I've never, kids just want their father's presence. And if that man, no matter what situation he is in, is willing or wants to be a parent to his kids, wants to be a guidance, he wants to help them with homework, he wants to know the stories of, you know, what happened to them through the week, or, you know, he wants to be a part of their football game, and, you know, he wants to be a part of their development and their growth. They need that. So it's so not about you once you have a child. It's not about whether you and that man made it, who he's dating next. None of that. Your child is the priority in this. And as long as this is a good man and a good father, and that's what triggered the whole thought of this conversation was seeing that video. And in that video, these were good fathers who love their children, you know, and this is the scenario, you know, these women. And the one thing that I, you know, picked up in it was black women. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen in white communities or Asian communities or I'm, you know, I don't have a dog in those fights, you know, but within the black community, I want us to be better. I want our black women to grow up, to be more mature. Yes, we've had to be mature on so many fronts. We really have. We've had to take a hold. When they, when they failed us, we had we could we didn't have the option to fail our children. You know, we've had to step up, and I, so I'm not taking that away from us. But for those that are using their children as pawns in this game, this war of love, it is not fair to those children. It is not good, and I just need us to stop. I need us to heal from that behavior. Well. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> As well. My so, rant is over. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing more I can really say about it. I agree with you uh, 100%. I think it's common sense to agree with something that good. Um, you can't, you can't disagree with that. It, it goes beyond black or white. Like men who want to be fathers should be afforded the opportunity at all costs. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Well, it was a good show. Thank you. Hey, I do what <laughs> I can do. It, when I can do it. We're going to wrap it up right here. I'm glad you do what you do when you do because you do a great job. I thank you for uh, joining me yet again. Everybody give a hand to my co-host, Big Drew. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> yes. They're, they're too kind. <laughs> yes yes so um go ahead and share this when you listen to this when you click on this link and you listen to this podcast i need you to share it with your people everybody um share this talk about this so if you're listening to this i want to get some comments you know um we're on facebook my humble opinion podcast on facebook go ahead and go to the page comment um on this topic you know what what's your opinion uh, what's your humble opinion about this situation? And you guys can find us on um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify. Uh, it's a few. I'm just wherever you listen to your podcast, go look up my humble opinion podcast. You'll see the chef with the uh, red dreadlocks. That's me. So uh, go ahead and look us up and check us out. And go ahead and go over to the page, my humble opinion podcast on Facebook, and like us. Thank you for joining us for another episode. See you next week.